Is everyone welcome back to another episode of the Celtic View podcast where each week we look back on the weekend's action and there's a lot of exciting action to look back on this weekend, Paul. And we look forward to the week ahead. I'm Ryan Mart, and as mentioned, I'm joined by Paul Cuddehy. Paul, how was your weekend? Did you manage to, to catch up with the game on Saturday? Yeah, it was a bit, a bit of drama, yeah. I think uh, it left everybody with their, their nerves shredded at the end, but sometimes those, some, those sometimes are the, the best games to win, and we remember a couple of memorable last gas wins from last season, and uh, we've done it again this season. Yeah, yeah, we'll get into all that in just a minute. Um, in today's episode, we've got a couple of exciting, exclusive interviews to give you as well. We've got, first of all, Paul Lambert joins the show as we look ahead to the match against RB Leipzig on Tuesday night. And he gives uses all of his German knowledge and experience to give us all the, the rundown and the lowdown on Leipzig. And we also have Scott Sinclair on as well as he played the last time Celtic played at home to RB Leipzig in that 2-1 victory back in 2018. So we talk about that match and we just talk a little bit in general about Scott's time at Celtic. So that's quite quite exciting as well. Also this weekend, the women's team are back in action. We have another edition of the My Game, My Words mini-series with Amy Gallagher in the hot seat. But Paul, as will start off as every week, a moment of the, the week for you. I think there is only one moment yeah, of, of, the, of the weekend for everyone, regardless of what else happened. Um, and funny, just before we, we started uh, recording this, I was just watching back through the, the Celtic TV unique angle of the game and, and of that uh, George's Jakimakis last gas winner. Um, wonderful scenes. Um, brilliant way to win. Uh, you know, the game should have been out of sight. Uh, I think... Obviously, St Johnson would have felt hard done by because they managed to nick an equaliser late on. But I think the balance of play, the chances, the possession, everything about it, you know, we thoroughly deserved to win. And, and it was great, I think, for the players to, you know, that idea of we never stop. We just keep going and, and you know, regardless of when the winner comes, we'll, we'll take it. And it was it was brilliant. And, and obviously a sense of relief as well to, to take all three points. Yeah, I think my moment of the weekend, obviously, to do with that goal, but I don't know if you saw the picture of Anthony Ralston and the fan, did you see that at all? It's brilliant, so it's on Anthony Ralston's Instagram and someone's, uh, the photographer of the game is taking a picture of Ralston and his fan like grabbing each other and embracing and like screaming in each other's face and it's just like, it just epitomises everything about this team and the passion that this team have and their will to win as well, it's amazing. So, Definitely check out that photo, it's brilliant. Um, what, does, that, does that mean I have to join Instagram? But Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe not. <laughs> what, def, what wasn't my moment of the weekend, actually, as much as I loved the last-minute goal, was I was at the game writing the match report and having to rewrite the match report like basically three times in the space of a couple of minutes. Was, uh, yeah, it was not enjoyable, but enjoyed the goal. Well, you know, it's funny. I think when, when you do that, when you are writing the report and you almost get it you know, the way you want, and then suddenly things, and then you're almost like thinking, right, that's right. especially if we're winning, you think, right, no more goals. Right, mm -hmm. I've got it, and then right on full time, you can file it. And as you say, then the equaliser comes, and that not only changes, it changes the whole complexion of what you're writing. Yeah. And then obviously we then get the goal, and yeah, it's, but that's that's sometimes the beauty of it, because then you're still having to react really, you know, live to, to something that's just happened in front of you. I know, it just meant I couldn't really properly celebrate, but no, right, I, as soon as I got to the stadium, I watched it back, I had an opportunity. Uh, let's get properly into the into the game. Um, I suppose only one place to really start at, when looking back at that game and it is that 95th minute winner from Jorgos Jakimakis to beat St Johnson 2-1 away from home. 
what is it about this team, Paul, that just manages to continuously score goals so late on and have that belief? I think it's, to be fair, I think it's, a, it's always been a Celtic thing. I think yeah. it's, you know, I think all the best Celtic teams have always just kept going. It's why we, we score so many late goals. It's always one of the reasons why it perplexes me why anybody home or away, <laughs> certainly <Sorry>. at home, <laughs> leaves before the final whistle because the, the amount of times we get late goals is incredible. And I think it's just part of being at this club that you, you can't ever settle for, you know, even if you're winning, you're still pushing for another goal, but certainly if we're not winning, because the demand is there, a draw is never a good result, so that's why the team has to keep pushing. And that's a couple of games where, you know, the, the, the final scoreline's not really reflected the, the, the dominance. I think the Motherwell game is a bit like that as well, that we're, we're creating plenty of chances, we're dominating the game. And these teams, to be fair to them, they're hanging in there, and because they're not conceding two or three goals, they still feel they'll, they'll get a chance, and, and obviously it happened very late for St Johnson. So from their point of view, they'd have been obviously absolutely devastated at losing, but they would have felt, right, we've hung in there, we've got that chance. But the game, as I said, possession-wise, I think we had 75% possession, we had loads of chances, good chances, and on another day, that, that's a comfortable victory, but, you know, we thoroughly deserved them, who didn't think that we deserved the three points, obviously either never watched the game or had... Uh, has another agenda, I think. <laughs> yeah, that's one of my pet hates people reading the game early. That's that's one thing that, that really grinds my gears. Um, <laughs> the the thing is, though, I know you said that this is something that most Celtic teams have have managed to do over the over the course of time that we've managed to score these late winners. But I mean, even as myself being a really optimistic Celtic fan, when St Johnson scores, I think I put myself in this. I think most people in the ground would have thought. That's it. We've we've dropped two points, but the, the only people probably in that stadium that thought the game wasn't over were the eleven in the park and the people sitting on the bench and the, the coaching staff as well. It's obviously something that's worked upon with the manager to try and create that belief that I know he says we don't stop when we go to the final whistle, but it's it's just amazing to actually see how that comes into into fruition. Well, it's interesting because you know as you know I've been doing a book with Callum McGregor that's going to be coming out and. He actually speaks about the, the game at Tannadice last season when we drew one each to win the league. And we just needed a point. The D United just needed a point to qualify for Europe. He said, but he's still shouting, demanding the ball, wanting to push forward for the, for the winner because he said it was just ingrained in them that we had to keep going. We had to keep, you know, a draw is never satisfactory, even though in the context of what was happening, the point would have, would have won as the, the league. So I think that's just what the manager's ingrained in that squad is that, you know, that, that obviously that phrase, we never stop, but that's the whole philosophy of the team. And I think probably most encouragingly, obviously we get the three points on Saturday, but it's that idea, as you say, everyone else with about two minutes of added time left would have just went, well, that's, that's two points dropped. But the 11 guys on that pitch just kept going. They get that break, a wonderful ball in from Bernabe and mm -hmm. Georgios Yakimakis doing what he's been doing since he's came here, just that brilliant six yards, uh, box penalty striker to, to score and um, it was a wonderful goal but I, th I think those sort of victories can really give a, a massive boost in terms of well you know we're not going to be beat. Yeah when I spoke to Yakimakis after the game he said that when St Johnson scored he looked up at the, the goal post at the other end and said to himself he envisaged himself what it'd be like to score a winner and he was going to go and do it. I wonder in those situations, like, 
if that's more nature or nurture? Is that something that these players, maybe something the manager identified in them to bring them in that they have that mentality? Or if that's something that's worked upon or probably a little bit of both? I think it's, well, as I said, I think it's a philosophy of the club. It's definitely a philosophy of the manager. And so if you're part of that team, then you have to, you know, you can never accept. You know, there's times when we've lost, we obviously lost against St Mirren. There's times when we've drawn games and, and that's that's the nature of football. You're not going to win every single game. But you know that team's going to keep going until the final whistle goes and it's no longer possible to, to change the course of it. So that's really interesting that... Actually, yeah, there's yeah. something that he, but you know, again, I think it, it's. I think he's been such a great addition to the, the squad. I, I love his goals. You know, everybody loves the spectacular goals, the brilliantly worked goals. I love the fact that he's just there in in the penalty area, and he'll get all sorts of goals, yeah. scrambling them home, because that's what all great strikers do. And and I think it's a great strength that we've got that we've got we've got such contrast in terms of our forwards, um, but. Obviously, he, he just needs that chance and he's there and you know he needs the great delivery. Everything needs to come together for that goal and ultimately you need somebody to be in that position and, and he's the guy. See, in terms of getting a victory in that manner, we saw it on occasions last year where you know the Ross County game, for an example, and then off the back of that, we went on to, to lift the League Cup at the weekend and we really started to kind of kick on from there. The game against Dundee United here at Celtic Park, we won 1-0, we then beat Rangers 3-0 in the Derby match, which everyone remembers, went in a real run as well. Do you think this result could be really crucial and could, could really kind of give the team a bit of a springboard to the next couple of matches? So what you're saying is we're, we're definitely going to win tomorrow night on the back of that? Yes. <laughs> well, absolutely. I think, you know, I think these things, and you hear the players talking about it as well, because it gives certainly gives supporters belief in... in you know, I'm obviously slightly older than you, as the camera will, will testify. But you know, any anybody who who enjoyed the centenary season, that was one of the key factors of it. Of the amount of times that we we get victories very, very late in the game, in, in both the the Scottish Cup and in the league, and it starts to the fans start to think, well, this is our season again. Nobody can beat us, and I think I'm sure that that's the same with the players that they'll be coming in with a real spring in their step today, having got those three points, and then they can, you know, there's. I think the thing is, it means they're not coming in today preparing for the game tomorrow with any regrets of, like, we should have won that game at the weekend. It's now, it's part, we've got the three points and then we've got a massive game against Leipzig and absolutely, I think just in terms of confidence, it can only be beneficial. Yeah, we'll touch on that Leipzig game in a minute, but just kind of sticking with the, the league theme after Leipzig, we play Hibs here on Saturday as well. Um, Hibs are a team that have really started to find a little bit of form, so... Again, that's not going to be an, e an easy game here at Celtic Park, is it? No, I mean, I, I think like a lot of teams, I think sometimes Hibs are a different proposition at home than they are away. Easter Roads, over the last few years, has been quite a tricky venue for us. They, they're certainly up for it and they give us a right good game. And I think because, like unlike a lot of teams, I think Hibs, over the last few years, have actually come out and, and attacked us. And I think that sometimes maybe knocks us off our stride. I think at home we, we are a different pro proposition. Obviously, you don't want to tempt fate, but we'll, we haven't lost a Premiership game at home under the manager. And there's a reason for that, because we the style of play, the way we dominate, the way we kill teams off. So you would still hope, and I, and I think even having the game on the Tuesday night, giving us an extra day just to recover ahead of the weekend, I think that'll be beneficial. So I, I'm always, you're always confident anyway, but certainly at home, you'd still be confident of getting the three points. Yeah, looking at the game against Leipzig now in the... 
Champions League here on, on Tuesday night. It's a, it's a really exciting game. It's a really important game though as well, isn't it, Paul? It's absolutely massive. I mean, I, I'm sure if, you know, we got buoyed by the, the result of the weekend, I think there would have been elements of probably annoyance and frustration from, from the game in Germany last week because we were well in the game and, you know, just probably the second goal was the one that was the kind of the killer, especially after they had got a second goal disallowed for VAR. There's no doubt that they sh they showed that they're a quality side, and you know it was a it was a big game for them because if we had taken some from that, that was effectively them out of the the group. It's put them right back in it. I think both teams showed that they'll create chances. So the chances for me, the the, the prospect of a goalless draw at Celtic Park was pretty low because yeah. I think both sides going forward are really dynamic and create chances. The flip side of that is that we then we both concede chances as it were so um, again it's, it kind of mirrors what happened before with Leipzig that when we played over there they, they were comfortable winners probably more comfortably four years ago than they were the other, the other night but here you know we were, we are a different proposition at home in a European night and I would expect that home advantage to kick in and, and for us to get our, our first one in this group. It was obviously disappointing last week in Germany that we didn't come away with anything from the match in terms of points but I suppose to kind of look at it in a sort of positive light the fact that the team you know as you mentioned Leipzig are a good team they've got a lot of attacking threats as well we stayed in that game for long periods we threatened Leipzig for long periods of that match as well so that must give the team a lot of confidence going into the game here that with the added aspect of the fans being at home home advantage that we know that we can hurt Leipzig and it's just about taking those opportunities and, and hopefully we can see it through. Yeah, I mean, obviously the second goal the other night was frustrating. Probably the first goal as well because at that point we were on top. We'd created some really good chances and you kind of felt that you know, it was a, a real, real good chance that it was a Celtic goal coming and suddenly they hit us on the break and they've got some real pace in their team. They move the ball quickly and so on the counter-attack they are very, very dangerous. And I think that's the way they'll play on Tuesday night. So there's no doubt that they will create chances as well because they've got some in Kunku in, in particular. I think everybody was impressed with him. Everybody knows Timo Werner, you know, general internationalist. But I think maybe for a lot of people, they've maybe not seen in Kunku as much. But his pace up front was was quite troubling. But I think if we we play the way we can play, um, then I mean, there's no doubt that you know not having Callum McGregor, he was never going to play at the weekend anyway. So that yeah. was. You know, regardless, that would have been the team that would have maybe come out on Saturday. But obviously, not having him in these big games is is disappointing. But I think the what I thought was interesting, the manager pointed out that we had to do without him on a couple of occasions last season, and that's the whole point of having the squad. That in the course of a season, your players are going to be either injured or suspended. Other players just have to step in, and you know we are where we are, and I think we just got on with it. And I think going in a home game at at Celtic Park in a European night, you're always confident that we're going to get a good result. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what the manager does in that midfield for the game against Leipzig, because on uh, Saturday against St Johnson, it was O'Reilly, Hatati, Haksibanovic, who I thought had a brilliant game as well. Um, he might have put his, played his way into the manager's thoughts of maybe playing in that midfield role as well, so that'll be, be interesting to see. But in a game like this, where we pretty much need to win if we want to keep our last 16 hopes alive, it's just so exciting. We know how noisy it's going to be at Celtic Park on Tuesday night and I think it's just going to be such an exciting occasion. Yeah, and I mean, you saw I mean, the atmosphere in the Real Madrid game was incredible. In that first half in particular, I think that really 
you know, pushed the team on, they kind of really responded to that and we were the better team for that opening 45 minutes without getting, you know, converting the chances we created. I think Hatshabanovic is, again, is a, you can see why the manager signed him because he can play in so many different positions. He's not just, you're not signing him for one specific role. So dropping him into that in the middle of the park and as you say, he kind of thri thrived there, but then you know you can stick him out wide and he's dangerous as well. Um, you know, it will be interesting to see you know how how we play, and I think the fact that we played them so you know just last week, it, it'll be fresh in the players' minds of the dangers of of Leipzig. That that works both ways as well. They'll know where we can cause them problems. Abada will be back as well. There's a good chance he'll probably you know play wide. He missed last week's game, so you know it's, it's set up for for I think being a really great night. Yeah, definitely. Um, after the game against Leipzig last week in Germany, I caught up with Paul Lambert as he gave us the lowdown on RB Leipzig with all of his German knowledge. But first of all, we started the conversation by looking back at that game last Wednesday night. I mean, it's really pleased to get you on. Um, obviously looking ahead to Leipzig coming back to Glasgow on Tuesday, but I think the best place to start is the game in Germany and, and reflecting on that, obviously a 3-1 defeat for Celtic. What do you think that game showed us about both Leipzig and Celtic? I think what it showed is the, the two teams who kind of set themselves out to win, which I think any game's normal when you start a game of football, you want to go and win. And Celtic play that way. Andrew's got them playing a really good way and they really want to play. But I think when you go that higher level, and this is just my opinion, this is no any reflection on what the manager does or, or going forward or what he wants to do. At that level, if you leave yourself a little bit wide open, you can get hurt. And I think that's what happened. And when Callum goes off, you leave a massive hole in the middle of the pitch. So when you do that, you're, you're wide open to get hurt. And I think when you, when you play that level of competition, it, it's... One mistake gets hurt, and and you've got to take chances at that level as well. So it's, it's about a double-edged sword, really, because because you, you have to take your chances, but you also have to keep them out at times as well, you know. And and at that level, if you don't, you're you're going to get hurt. But they're a good team, Celtic. I don't think anybody can ever argue with that they're a good they're a good side. It's the risk and reward, isn't it, of playing that yeah. style of football that obviously conceding the second goal in the manner that we did. In so many occasions that comes off. Unfortunately, it didn't in, in Germany. But in the reverse of that, we did create quite a few chances as well. So as much as we don't want to keep coming away from games saying we played well, but, but again, when you're going into that game at home against Leipzig, the fact that we did create chances must give the team confidence. Well, there would be, without a shadow of a doubt. I, I don't think Leipzig are great defensively. I think they're decent going forward um, from middle to front. Defensively, I'm not so sure about them. And I think at Parkhead, the atmosphere will be it'll be hot there, which everybody knows. And if Celtic can get them on the back foot, it'll be interesting to see how they react. So I think defensively, they're not they're not the greatest. The goalkeeper didn't look as strong either. I don't think they were having a good season or two goalkeepers. So if you ask me, do I think Celtic can beat them at Parkhead? Yeah. They can. As long as they keep the back door shut, they'll create chances at Parkhead and that crowd behind them, it will drive them through. I think the game in Germany, what it did show about Leipzig, as you said, was their attacking quality. Obviously, so much talk around the likes of Christoph and, and Kunku and, and he really was playing at a really high level on, on Wednesday night. So Celtic will need to be wary of their threat. 
I, I think that yeah, listen, I think they'll still play the same way, Lives. I think they'll try and hit you in the counter and um knowing that Celtic are expen- expansive and open that way. So I think they'll they'll still play that that way. And Kunku is you can see how he's he's getting valued at the price he's getting valued at. And if and if Ellen Haaland wasn't doing as well as what he is doing, he's probably one of the next ones behind him. So is uh, yeah, he's a top player, and you can see his goal, even the offside goal, is a brilliant finish from him. You know what I mean? Nice little chip over the over Joe, and the yeah, but listen, he is a top player. But and you look at his suppose his price tag about 12 13 million, which is a snap for for Leipzig. So um, yeah, but I still think Celtic can give them a fright at Park yeah, they really do. Does Celtic need to do any diff anything different in the game at Celtic Park? I mean, I don't. No, for sure, but everybody tells me Ange plays the same way and, and doesn't really change. So if that's his way, then everybody has to respect that. If they take their chances, then there's a, a good chance they can win. But I, I, I just always think at that level, when you go up the highest level, somebody's got to have a little bit of discipline there. I, I just always think you've got to have a kind of safety valve at certain times with a defensive holding midfield player that can, can stop that sort of thing, that counter attack, because the good. Strong teams will counter attack against you, and, and if if Celtic have that, then I think that's a, a great a great bonus for them. You know, I mean Celtic are finding out the hard way at this moment in time about the standard of of the Champions League. It's the first time for so many players in this group. From your own experiences, what are the main differences when you enter that stage for the first time? If you make a mistake, I think you get hurt. I think that's the best best way to put it, Ryan. I think you, if if you do one mistake and, and the focus or the discipline drops, you'll get hurt. You may get away with it in Scotland because you're not no disrespect, but you're not playing as calibre as a team as what you are in, in European terms. So and you tend to find players are cuter and quicker and faster. All those sort of things that you come up against top players, they they get better. So and the teams get better. So I think the the awareness of what's going on around about you and the magnitude of the games that are that are huge than what they would be in Scotland. So it's um yeah, the level has to, you have to raise your level to compete with that that sort of team up where you're, you're up against. We're without a win at the moment in the group stages, but the level of performances for good spells in all three of those games have been at quite a high level. What do you think Celtic need to do now to ensure that when we play Leipzig on Tuesday that we come away with three points? I just think if you the chances you, you create, because Celtic will create chances there without a shadow of doubt they'll they'll create chances. I think you've got to take them because what it does do it relieve a little bit of pressure on everybody else. And they've had good chances in the games, Madrid and Shakhtar. They've had good chances to to score, but when you do get in that position, you make sure you shut the back door. It, it's important. It's really really important because you will your defensive shape is important. And if you have that that discipline there, you say, okay, we've got the goal, we don't need to chase it, or we get two goals up, we don't need to do anything crazy. Just use your you, common sense, I think. Common sense will come into it. I mean, we, we all got a good look at Leipzig from that game in Germany, but and obviously with your own links to German football, you've probably been quite aware of them over over the last few years. In terms of Leipzig as a, a football club over the last sort of six, seven years, have they been one of the sort of the most Impressive teams in Germany over that time. I, I remember playing them when they were in the fifth tier of German football, and uh, with Celtic and, and Martin Martin O'Neill's first 
I think it was maybe Martin's first friendly game, and Livesey battered us two 0 It's a, a friendly game, and uh, they were in the fifth tier at that time. But we, were, it was pre-season, we were nowhere near it, and they beat us. But then all of a sudden, the money came into their game, and they started to invest and invest and invest, and and, and I'm not saying buy their way up the up the up the table, but it helped them with it and you look at the infrastructure they've got now I've been to their training ground and I've met so many people there and, and it's an incredible training ground and the incredible facility that, that it's got and the stadium's lovely so they've got everything there but I understand yeah the German public probably just don't go with them because of how they've done it with the finances So was that game in the friendly was that Martin's first pre-season as a South It would have been one of the first time yeah yeah they battered us Leipzig battered us and, and it was a hell of a doom we took that off them and they, but they weren't obviously they were a fifth they might even be a regional team at that point it was a small team at that time they weren't what they are now Red Bull they weren't they weren't like that but they were Leipzig and they turned us over you know did we have all of our big hitters out you were out there in the pitch so must have oh yeah no we were there Henrik Lubo ah, there's a lot is a lot is playing Jackie and I when they it was a, as I said a friendly game pre-season friendly and um, yeah, he turned us over that um, that game. But see, even in pre-seasons, if you had a defeat, was Martin still on your case in, in moments like that and games like that? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, he was, uh, uh, listen, that era was strong. That was a strong mm-hmm. era. Martin Newbury was a really, really strong era, and, and great, great players that was that was brilliant for the club. So, yeah, but Martin, yeah, you didn't take too kindly to losing that for sure. See from your own point of view, Paul, as as a manager, as someone who's who's as a coach, the way that the Leipzig over the last six, seven years, they seem to be one of the real, I don't know, pioneers the right word, but in terms of the the coaches have brought through, the players have brought through, from that coaching standpoint, how do you view them? Well, I first went over there and uh, uh, I met Ralph Ranick and uh, Ralph Houston. Houston Hattel was was a coach, I think. Ralph was a coach. And then Nagelsmann's obviously came in there and Tedesco's come in. And they've all had that same philosophy of where, where you have to be fit to play for Leipzig because the philosophy is press, press, press every time. Marco Rosa being there, I knew I spent time with Marco uh, when I went to Dortmund at the end of last season. Uh, I watched the training for five for a week, really, and went to the game. And he was a nice guy. Really good way about him, and um, but he's from Leipzig, so he knows exactly what what it entails and and where the club's philosophy is, I guess. So so Leipzig were always bought up on speed, run, pressing. I mean, if you look at Red Bull Salzburg, it's the same. It's the same kind of format of of these clubs where that's what they do. So the philosophy I is probably good, but again, as I said before, the German probably never took it because he probably. Paid a lot of money to get there, so um, I think the coaches they went for has been good because it, they've all went on to do great things and, and had that philosophy of this way the club's playing. So I don't think you can argue with their coaching philosophy. Did they do anything differently to other clubs even in Germany? It's the philosophy of how they want to play and it's high speed. The way they want to play, as I said, if you look at the coaches, Nagelsmann done it at Hoffenheim, Ranić was was famous for it. Ralph at Southampton. Everything was always quick. <coughs> and, uh, me. and um 
I don't think that's changed. Marco the same. It's everything's is the same. So, but I just there's never a right way and a wrong way to play football. You just got to find a, a way to win, and if you yeah. do that, it, it keeps everybody happy. So, a big part of the game on Tuesday night will be the fact that it's, it's at Celtic Park, and we've got sixty thousand Celtic fans there. From your own experience, how much can that help the players out there on the pitch on Tuesday? Listen, I've got no doubt the crowd will drive them on. Before the game, it will be incredible atmosphere. and The kick-off, the journey. As long as Celtic get a right foothold in the game and push them back, the crowd will go with it. Like the start in Madrid was a great... We just always felt Madrid... Big players, they would handle that, you know. I just think they would handle that atmosphere and that crowd. But Leipzig, I'm not so sure because of it. Maybe their experience with going to Rangers last year might give them a little bit of help, but going to Park has a different kettle of fish with the atmosphere there. So if the Celtic fans can stay with the team, which I'm pretty sure they will because they know they're up against a, a decent side. And if Celtic can push them back, then it'll be interesting to see how they react, I think. Yeah. Do these big European nights when they come around to Celtic Park, do they just bring back good memories for yourself as well? I mean, we, as, we, as I said before, it's a brilliant time there um, in the European nights. As I said before, that there wasn't many teams came to Celtic Park that year and went away with anything. Mm. Yeah, they, they got beat, basically. And, uh, but as I said, that year, we had a really good side, a really strong side in that in that time. So, But the, the crowd drive you on, there's no doubt. The crowd... The atmosphere there, the crowd is, is brilliant, you know, and, and what the crowd have done is enhance it, enhance it. And it, it. Even last night, when you look at the support last night, you always hear Celtic fans on TV, I think. You always hear it when you're away from home. But at home, it'll be, it'll be bouncing there. And you kind of assessing the game on Tuesday and then the rest of the campaign. Have you still got confidence that Celtic can make their way into the knockout stages? I think they've got to win these next two. I think they, I mean, they're must-win games. I think are they capable of doing it? What I've seen with Shakhtar and Leipzig, yeah, they're capable of doing it. You just got to hope a wee bit of result goes away as well. Madrid, you like to think Madrid will be through, but then anyway, especially when they hit Donetsk game. So you think Madrid would, would, is a stick on, and the rest of the three, you could get through with six, seven points, which is a, a really low tally at, at that at that level, but. That's what can happen because of the group. With it, but yeah, I think they have to win the next two games. But more than capable of doing it. What I've seen with Leipzig, yeah, they'll be dangerous. Leipzig on the counter attack, and that's where you have to be cut. Donetsk, I think, are still a little bit unknown. I know they okay, they lost two one last night, but still a little bit of danger. But I think Leipzig game is mad. they have to win that. If, they, if you draw that, then I think it's going to be a tough. Yeah, basically you have to win. You have to win. But he can do it. Absolutely can do it. Yeah, well, Paul, good memories of Paul Lambert from his time at Celtic. He's obviously a player that so many people have, have great memories and moments about. A world-class midfielder. I always remember we signed him, you know, I think it was maybe about the November of the season that we stopped the 10. Mm -hmm. And it was like, I remember at the time that being absolutely amazed that, you know, the previous season he'd won the Champions League with Dortmund. He was like a top, top player. And he was back, and he he was one of the reasons why I think we went on and won that league just at that, the right time. That quality came in. Obviously, that was pre-transfer window, so we could do that. Obviously, scored the the wonder goal um, in the derby match at New Year, which again was a pivotal victory. But absolute top class player, and I I think 
you know, not that he went under the radar, I think. I think, because th when you watch Celtic, you think he appreciated it, but he, he wasn't, you know, glamorous or showy, but he just, on the ball, he was just, he just oozed class. And I think over those six or seven years he was here, he was he was such a key figure for us. Yeah, yeah. And really a nice person to speak to off as well. Guy, yeah, yeah, really good. good yeah. Um, the last time we played Leipzig at Celtic Park, Paul, was four years ago and it was a 2-1 a win in the Europa League. I think a, a lot of people have great memories of that match as well. And one player that played in that game was Scott Sinclair, who played a pivotal role in setting up the winning goal. And last week I caught up with Scott Sinclair to look back on that match and also to talk all about his Celtic career. It's, it's really, really great to, to get you on and I'm sure you know Celtic fans hold such great memories of yourself, Scott, playing in, in the green and white hoops, but I'm sure quite a lot of them would just be interested to know about what you're up to at this moment in time. I know you left Preston in the summer, are you just kind of waiting for that next opportunity at the moment? Yeah, that's what I'm doing at the moment, just waiting for the, the next opportunity, sort of the next sort of part of my journey, my career. But um, at the same time, it's that I've had more time with the kids I've gone to more parks than you can ever imagine you know most weekends I have time with the kids so that's been a, a nice factor because normally I'll be away or I'm playing games so um but yeah I'm, I'm ready to get back into it obviously I went to Preston um I had a, obviously my first season there was a good one um I was obviously top scorer at that time and in the second season um it sort of fizzled out a little bit the formation changed and uh, you know I still had a good time there but um, but yeah, so just basically uh, waiting around, seeing my my next move, um, and hopefully it'd be uh, sooner rather than later. Yeah, you said there you still kind of keep up to date with Celtic having having left. Are you have you been impressed with Celtic at the moment under Ange Postecoglou? Yeah, definitely. I think um, it seems like well, back winning games. Uh, back winning titles that's what it's all about that's what the fans want to see um, as long as they're lifting trophies every season um, that's the main the main aim and the main goal I'm sure most players would agree to that um, but obviously he's come in he's done a magnificent job um, and even the style of play very attacking um, and it's good to see I think what was the last score when I think was it eight how many goals did they score the other the last uh, nine, game. yeah, nine nil, yeah. Was it nine? Yeah. So that's what I mean. The score. So it just goes to show uh the goals are flowing. Um and and, and like I said, the fans, that's that's all they want to see, the the, the excitement um and, and goals and, and winning games. I'm sure there's actually quite a lot of similarities between the current team and the team that you played in under Brendan Rogers, that sort of fast attacking football. Do you see quite a quite a few similar similarities in that sense? Yeah, definitely. I think once you go to the, the attacking and the forward, there's obviously the same sort of possession. Um, and obviously the players they got now are very clinical. So it's good to watch. Uh, majority of the times when, when, when anyone gets a chance, it's normally a goal. Um, so yeah, it's really good to see. It's, it's quite similar to like you said, when, when, when Brendan was in charge. Um, and it just seems like Celtic back. The squad is completely different, though. From even you only left what two and a half years ago now, and the squad is, is so is so different. I think maybe only Callum, obviously now as captain, James, Anthony, Scott Bain. They're maybe the only ones that are are still around. So it must be strange for you looking at the team now and seeing so many different faces. 
It is strange. It is. And obviously said, like, because there's only a few sort of players um, that I obviously played with when in my time there, when you do sort of turn it on and watch the games, you're thinking, oh, who's that? Who's that? But you can see, like, the manager has done a great job bringing these players in because, you know, they weren't obviously known players, but they're making a big name for themselves, obviously playing for the Celtic and, and doing so well. Yeah. So, I mean, main reason got you on was to look back at that game against Leipzig four years ago now. Um, the last time that we played RB Leipzig at home, I think everyone will remember it really well, a memorable 2-1 win. But I just want to take us back to the start of that campaign in the Europa League. It was, it was quite a difficult group. We had Leipzig, of course, Red Bull Salzburg, Rosenborg as well. If you kind of remember back to when we were drawn in that group, what were the expectations of that time? I think the expectations was obviously still do as well as we can, but every time we stepped on the field it was to win games. I think with all the players that I was with, we all had a winning mentality of just by winning games every single week, um, obviously in the league. But obviously when you go to European nights, it's a little bit more different from the league, um, a little bit more challenging, but the same sort of mentality of when we go out there. Um, and obviously the quality of players you're playing against um, is a little different but you know I think we did as well as we can um, when we were in the competition So the, the game against RB Leipzig at home that was a, the fourth match day and, and going into that game we got a late win at home against Rosenborg and then lost away to Salzburg and to Leipzig so going into that, that fourth game against Leipzig at home there was quite a lot of pressure on the team that we had to really win that game if we wanted any opportunity to, to go through. What are your memories of the build-up to that game? Yeah, I think when the build-up, it was the same sort of uh, build-up of any other game we were doing, do you know what I mean, in, when we were playing in, in the European nights. I think um, it's such a big occasion. I think every single time these games come about, it's just a great morale around the camp, you know, even training and leading up to it. You know, they're big, big nights um, and the atmosphere, um, you, you don't get it anywhere else. So, you know, it's always a big occasion. It's always a, a big lead up and a build up to the game. Um, and as I remember, we always go into a game, like I said, is, is to get the win. How much did you as a player look forward to those European nights? And are they very different, the European nights at Celtic Park, to anything else you've experienced? Yeah, to be honest, like I said, you you don't get it anywhere else. Well, I haven't been um, had sort of any other opportunities as in playing in that atmosphere. You know, I think uh, I do miss it. I really do because uh, once you have that experience, you don't get it anywhere else. Even when you do move on and and um, you know that whole atmosphere, the whole build up to the game, um, even all the fans, it's just an absolute magnificent experience and I'm so glad that I've experienced it, but it seems like it's gone too quick. <laughs> <laughs> Take us into the, the dressing room before a big game like that. I don't know if you'll remember the specifics of that match in particular against Leipzig, but in terms of you spoke about the belief that the players had going into those big games and tell us a little bit about what the manager was like as well and how he gave you beliefs going into those different types of matches. Yeah, I think we all had belief as, as players. I think that and having that belief comes with, uh, you know, the wins and the, the sort of the courage and, and everything we had going forward. You know, the manager used to give us, um, you know, all the tactics and all the guidance to go out there. But at the end of the day, it was up to the players to go out and, and produce. 
but the confidence levels we you know we're all on a high um and that just comes like i said it's just from winning every week so when we do go into the the european nights is is one of them where we are confident in ourselves that we can go out and do a job um and that and that's what sort of the mentality we had as players and, and certainly i did on my personal level as well let's look at the game in particular so i think i, I remember the occasion really well that the pre-match to it, I think it was the first time like the disco lights were, <laughs> were, in, were in use, which, which was a, a big thing at the time as well. When you're then stepping out onto that field and you're sitting there, you're standing there listening to the anthems playing, just take us into the mind of a player and for yourself at that moment in time, what is it, the noise like and how do you sort of take it all in? Do you know, it's so hard to describe the feeling because you're standing there, it's like you're getting goosebumps in your arms and in your old body, the feeling of you know, you can just feel the energy from the crowd, you know, so loud. Um, and obviously, when you see all the light show going off and, you know, the screams and the cheers, and then we get into a huddle, um, you know, it, the experience, like I keep saying, you don't get that anywhere else. And uh, when when you do start stand up in that line, you can, you can just feel everything. The game obviously starts. We get off to a brilliant start, Kieran Tierney puts us into the lead, I think, after like 11 or 12 minutes. How important was that in that game against such a good team that we got an early goal? Well, that's it. And I think um, when you do have an early goal, it gives you confidence to keep going forward. Um, and it, start, it starts off the, the game well. So, um, you know, like any time you play a game, to get off with the first goal is always a, it's a, a starting point uh, that brings us confidence going, obviously, throughout the whole game. So uh, with KT getting that, it, it, it makes a little bit of a difference. And obviously when you've got all the fans behind you, um, it was magnificent. Because they, they were a really good team at the time. They still have a number of players that are probably going to play at Celtic Park. I mean, they've had the likes of, got a list here of like Upa Meccano is now at Bayern, Canati is at Liverpool, you know, uh, uh, Cunha is now at Atletico Madrid. It's such a, such a good team. What are your memories of, of how that game sort of panned out and the quality of the opposition? Yeah, like I said, I think, you know, when you're playing against these kind of players, the top players and obviously the quality is top level. Um, and it's, it's a great challenge. It was a great challenge for us. I think um, when we do play against these players um, and it shows a level, but I think at the same time is that, you know, we did, we did well. I think we did do well um, as a group collectively. Um, and like I said, it's, it's just a challenge in, in the players. And when we do play in, in them sort of games, um, everyone just enjoys it. The big moments in the game really came towards the end of the match. A real sort of sucker punch when RB Leipzig equalised about 14 or 13 minutes remaining. What are your memories of that goal going in and, and just kind of the, the feeling amongst the stadium? Because we were doing so well, I think as soon as we conceded, as I can remember, it was a bit of a deflation because it's we did, you know, we were doing so well up until then, and and um, you know it goes a bit flat once you do concede, but um, but yeah, that's when we just had to pick ourselves up and then keep going again. Um, but that's the thing is when you play against quality players, you give them a chance and and um, you know they will punish punish you. From that deflation to a minute later, I think it's maybe one of the loudest. I'd I've ever heard Celtic Park when, when we finally took the lead again from, from Edward. You played such a pivotal role in it. Just talk us through it from straight from kickoff as well. So positive going forward and 
setting up Christie, who then lays it into Edward. What are your memories of that goal? I think it's because we were so positive as a group. You know, we had so much belief, like I keep saying, um, and the energy around all the players. We didn't have that belief that we never give up. Do you know what I mean? So it was one of them where if we did concede, like I said, we, we, it went a bit flat. But then, you know, we do have that belief feeling we can win this game. And obviously, um, Edward finishing it off, um, you know, and, and like you said, the crowd and the noise at Soak Park, it was unbelievable. What is that like? I know we've spoke a little bit about the atmosphere, but do you take those moments in? Do you have a, a sort of sense when you're standing there thinking, wow, this is this is so loud here? And, and was that one of the loudest you've, you've experienced as well? Oh, there's so many moments and how loud um, the stadium is at certain games. Um, so loud. And I think, you know, when you do look back, I think you sort of, you don't realise, I think, is of how big and how, how much of the atmosphere is because we're getting it most weekends anyway. So you just enjoy it. Do you know what I mean? As much when you're on that pitch, it sort of becomes as a normality. Do you, do you know what I mean? So if I, I can explain it like that because where you're at and when you're playing for Celtic, because the fans are so amazing, it just shows you when you do come away from it, it's not, you don't, you don't get it anywhere else. So, you know, the appreciation of that when you're there, it's just enjoying every moment of it because when I do reminisce, it does bring you back. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. I love to hear that. Just, we, we go in the lead 2-1, but I can remember that game being a very, very nervy ending. I think Leipzig hit the bar and had a, another chance as well. What What were your memories of that sort of closing stage of that match? That's when it was getting a little bit tight. You know, they hit the bar, uh, they were creating chances. Um, then obviously at times you think, oh, are they going to score? But, you know, we managed to stay strong and, um, you know, it was, it was a great sort of, uh, great performance from the, from the team. But it, it was very good. That was, a, was obviously such a big game for us to try and progress out of that Europa League group. We, we saw it out, we got the three points, but we had to go again in the next game against Rosenborg away from home and, and get three points to try and put us in a position to, to go through. And you came up with a, another big moment in that game, like like you did on so many occasions for Celtic, scoring, <laughs> scoring the winning goal as well. I mean, what were your memories of, of that evening? Oh, that was an amazing, uh, an amazing game. Um, yeah, like you said, I, I've come up with so some so many sort of the memories and um, so many occasions. Um, when I do look back, there's so many of them, um, and uh, yeah, I think that was another game where um, where we all did well, and, um, and and we produced that game. Yeah, kind of looking forward to the match uh, for Celtic now against RB Leipzig, and just kind of thinking again about that atmosphere. As a player, obviously, we've spoken about it here. People speak about it all the time as well. But how much can that actually sort of galvanise the group and give them that extra little 1%? Oh, it always does. I think um, it's, it's one of them as players, it gives you that sort of that belief going forward, um, that drive um, and sort of that desire to, to go out there and perform. Yeah. Just kind of looking back on your, your time at Celtic in, in general, Scott, can't have you on without, without doing that. I mean, as we said, you had so many big moments. From the moment you signed, you scored in your debut against Hearts at Tynecastle, and it just really kicked on from there. 
just in general, when you do look back, what sort of memories come back to you and, and what springs to mind? Honestly, there's there's so many, so, so many. Um, obviously, winning all the trophies, the treble, treble, that's, you know, I mean, unbelievable one. I can't really think of one specific game, even um, there's so many moments. Even when I first signed, I didn't even train with the players. Um, you know, it was one of them, is it happening, is it not? Did the medical and then didn't train the next day, come on and scored the winner uh, against Hearts. That was probably the, you know, a special moment. And that's, I think that's the, the, that was the start of it. Um, so, you know, looking back, the start of sort of my Celtic career, going there and getting the winner without even training with the squad, I think that was a special moment. And obviously, scoring against Rangers, <laughs> you can't... Uh, that always helps. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, that's got to be up there as well. So, uh, yeah, you know, there's so many moments. What seemed to click for you? Do you think at Celtic, I know you'd worked with... Uh, with Brendan on a couple of occasions before and had a really successful time with him at, at Swansea. But what was it about Celtic at that moment in time for you, the group and the manager that just seemed to work? When I do sort of look throughout my career and you sort of, you know, ask them questions, and obviously I had a great time at Swansea getting promoted, scoring a, a hat-trick in the playoff final, um, which was a great memory and, and a great occasion. I did well there. I think when I was at Celtic, I think, it was most because um, I was so settled, as in I didn't want to be anywhere else. Um, you know, I was playing my football. I, I was ready. I had sort of fire my belly to, to go and do as well as I can. Um, and obviously coming off the back of being sort of at Aston Villa and Man City and not playing as much, you know, I was just so ready to go and play and enjoy my football. And obviously, I couldn't have gone to a better club than Celtic uh, at the time of my career, and I enjoyed every minute of it. But I think it's because I was so settled um, and just content with where I was. I didn't want to be at anywhere else but playing football um, at that time. That's going to be, when people look back, it's such an historic time for the football club, the amount of trophies that we won, the invincible, all the trebles. What made that team what it was? What gave that team the ability to go and do what it managed to do? Do you know, I just think it was just everyone was on board. I think everyone was on board, obviously, from the manager, um, what he um, put into to everyone. You know, that win, winning mentality, even the first year going in invincible treble is unbelievable. And then going on to do the treble treble. But to go a full season without losing a game, I think um, it would be probably tough to beat. You know, to get that treble, to go unbeaten, um, you know, I don't know if we, we, we will see that again. So when you do look back, it is a, an unbelievable sort of moment in our season through that squad. But I think it's just the players we had, um, you know, everyone was on board, everyone wanted to win. Um, and, the, and the competitiveness in training is what made everyone better as well. Yeah, when you're talking there and reminiscing, you can you can tell all the sort of happy memories coming back to you. When you look back in, in your career, is that one of the, the sort of the happiest spells you, you had in your in your time in, in your career? Oh, definitely, definitely. Like I said, there's Swansea as well, which was good, a great, great um, my time. But um, like I said, scoring a, a hat trick and getting promoted and getting the first sort of world team into the Premier League, which was great. I enjoyed that, but. You know, being at Celtic was one of my happiest moments as well. Do you know what I mean? It's just how it started. Like we keep saying, reminiscing about when we first, when I first come on, scored that goal against Hearts. 
and then didn't look back from there. Um, yeah, I think, yeah, it's definitely one of my happiest moments. And then just the most enjoyable. And, and that, that, that way I clicked with the fans and uh, as well, it just made it that much more special. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about the fans. You talked there about the connection with them. When you think back about that connection with the fans, how much they supported you, how much you supported them as well, what sort of memories come, come to mind? Oh, just the best memories. I think, you know, the, the, the fans would never let you drop off. So, you know, it, it was so good to have fans like that. So, um, you know, if you do have a bad game, they won't let you... Uh, have a bad game, do you know what I mean? It's like you go into the next one and the pressure was always high, especially for my, my, myself, you know, on a personal level. Um, and obviously the first season, which I scored 25 goals, um, you know, I had to keep that up. So the pressures were there and that's what I enjoyed. You know, I, I, I sort of stride off, off having that pressure going into games, trying to score every, every game um, and trying to be the best I could be as a football player. Um, you know, and then when you do score goals and you do do well, you know, they support you no matter what. You know, once you play for Celtic, it always stays with you. I'm sure every player who leaves it says the same thing. Yeah. Um, I still sort of miss them, the European nights, you know what I mean? The Champions League, the light show and, and all the fans. So uh, I think, you know, when you do move on from there, you, you, you don't get that atmosphere anywhere else. So the experience that I experienced when I was there in my time, um, you know, it couldn't have been better. So, like, like I said, I still, I still look and uh, see the results and, and see them play. Um, I can even see when they play Real Madrid, and uh, even when was it Tony Cruz said the same sort of thing. He said he couldn't believe when he was in in the stadium. I see a quote what he said, um, and it just goes to show even the top players who play for the Madrids and, and all these teams when they do come to Celtic Park. It is unbelievable. So it just goes to show when, when them names say that, then it, it means a lot. Before I let you go, I, I want to put you on the spot a little bit and just try and get a couple of those kind of defining moments and see what ones were your favourites. So when you look back at your time at Celtic, is there a favourite goal that comes to mind for you? Maybe one for a, a piece of technical brilliance and maybe one for a moment? the top of my head, I think... Uh, it's a hard one because I, I feel like I've got so many. Um, I'd have to think looking yeah. back and going through some clips. But, you know, like I said, I think the main one is when I started off and scoring the first goal for, for the club. Um, that was always a special moment. The Derby goals must have been nice as well, yeah. Exactly that. And another one that, that, that sticks out, I'd probably say, is scoring the win winner um, away to Rangers getting the 2-1 and all our fans, 10,000 fans were there behind the goal. Um, you know, that was a special memory and a special occasion because, you know, the season after that, the season, yeah, the season after that was when we could only have 700 fans. So at that time, it was 10,000 fans behind in the way end um, and another special sort of memory. Yeah. Well, Scott, thank you so much for, for taking out your time to speak to us. Honestly, really appreciate it. It's it's great to, to go back to all those memories and, um, you know, obviously memories as well as a fan that are close to my heart. So it's great to, to go back yeah. through them all. So, so thank you so much. Oh, it's great. It's great talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> the thing is, honestly, I try and tell everyone about it all the time. So, um, yeah, no, it was great talking about it and just reminiscing and thinking about all the, the times I was at Celtic and the happy memories that I had. Well, great to hear from 
Scott Sinclair, Paul, a player who, when you look at his record, the amount of goals he scored over the, the course of three full seasons was, was amazing. And he was such an amazing spark in that Brendan Rodgers team in, in his first season. Yeah, we mentioned earlier on about Paul Lambert being a good guy. Scott, Scott Sinclair oh. is just a brilliant guy. He was, I always, I always tell people a story that anybody who's ever been up to the Lennox Town t- training ground, so you come off the, the main road at Lennox Town and then it's a country road for about a mile or so up to, to the training centre. And quite often fans will go up there to, to wait for the players outside to get autographs and see if it was a, a raining a, a day, it was really wet and there was maybe fans walking up. Well, Scott Sinclair always stopped and he would drive them up and then drop them off just at the gate. And it was just wee things like that. You thought he's just a, he was just a good guy. And then you added in the fact that he was a great player for us. Mm-hmm. I always remember he, when he signed here and we actually did the interview with him uh, after he signed. I actually walked alongside uh, doing it trackside as he was walking to get the car through to Edinburgh to play you know, the game against uh, Hearts at Tynecastle where he scored the winning goal yeah. on his debut. And he was just such a nice guy. He was always brilliant with us. Um, but I think that period, that those three years that he was there, he was just exceptional. And, and he was, I thought he was a big game player as well. That The bigger the game, the, the better he was, the more he thrived. And I think he was, was so much experience. Obviously, Brendan Rodgers knew him so well from their time together at Chelsea, uh, well, briefly at Chelsea, but also at Swansea. But he was uh, he was a top top player for us, and, and the fans obviously absolutely loved him as well. And I, I I think like a lot of players come up here and just you know you can hear from from the way he sp- speaks to you is just how much he loved playing for this club. Yeah, I think that's probably one of the best songs that the fans have made as well for a player. But as you mentioned, that's one of the main takeaways from me from it that when he's speaking about Celtic, you could see how much excitement he got from it. I think he he said it was a happiest period of, of his career, the moments he had and the goals he had and you know, pretty much every I think every trophy he played for he won when he was up here domestically. Amazing career up, up at Celtic and really hoping he can he can find a, a club now because as you mentioned, a really, really nice guy to, to speak to and it was it was great to have that time with him. Uh, looking ahead Paul for the, the Bees, well the, the weekend they they were back in league action, they beat Trenent one 0 a goal from, from Joey Dawson. It's been a positive week for the B team as well after that win over RB Leipzig in Germany where they won two one as well. Things are things are going quite nicely at the moment. Yeah, I mean I thought I think that was quite a significant one at the weekend and I wonder whether, you know, we we spoke last week about the fact that Trinent were just a you know, they're a, a decent side in the lower league. They were just ahead of us in the league. And then coming off the back of a, a European tie with all the travelling, etc, that could have had an impact. But I think, you know, the fact that we went over to Leipzig had a really good performance a thoroughly deserved victory, which I think would have given them a real boost to have got a win at that level against that quality of opposition. And then coming back and playing a really tough away game and, and getting a result, I'm sure the, you know Steve McManus and Darren Lundy would have been absolutely delighted because that, that's part of the, the learning process as well as how do they cope on the back of a European tie, all the travelling, etc. And then coming back to the domestic action and they coped really well. And, I'm sure they're looking forward to the game and are hoping to do the double on, on Leipzig. Again, Leipzig will now be aware of what Celtic, the problems they can pose. But, you know, that I think if you almost set aside the Real Madrid game, I know you can't, but just it was a slightly different. You know, the other games they played, the Shakhtar game, they were really unlucky 
not to get something from that game. So the, the progress is really good and I, you know, I'm really looking forward to seeing how we do at home against Leipzig. Yeah, how do you think they'll do in that game? Because there's now a real opportunity for them. They've got their first win in the Youth League. Leipzig have one point in the group. Celtic have three. Shakhtar Donetsk have six and Real Madrid have seven. So pretty much quite like the first team. If they can win their next two games, which are at home against Leipzig and then Shakhtar, they'll have a really good opportunity to qualify out of this, this youth league and get into the knockout stage. Yeah, I'm sure that's what they're thinking. I mean, I'm sure that at the B team level, the same as the first team level, it'll be drummed into the players. Like, don't start looking ahead the way that we can do as fans. <laughs> yeah. Just concentrate on the game. Do do well and get the same, you know a similar result to last week. But I think the fact is, if you can, you know, similar to the first team, if you can win your two home games and you've got a very good chance of getting through, that's, I suppose, that when you start looking at the group at the start of it, you think that's a that's a good position to be in. I think, given the fact that we... I, I, I could see us doing that because, as I say, we, we thoroughly deserved to win over Leipzig last week. I thought we were really unlucky against Donetsk away from home. So I would I would hope that when, when it comes to the home game that we can get those three points. And then it just you just see how the game, the, the sort of the group, pans out before we we take on Real Madrid yeah. away from home, which is all. It's always even regardless of where we are in the in the group, for both the the first team and the B team, that's always going to be the most difficult game away from home against them. Yeah, the B team aren't in action this weekend in the Lowland League, but one team that are back in action are the Celtic women's team with the international break the weekend there. So they didn't have any games. They're playing Glasgow women this weekend, not to be mistaken with Glasgow City. Um, Glasgow women at this moment in time sitting bottom of the table, not pick up a point. It's been really difficult for them. The Celtic team, things have been going really well for them, been scoring an absolute barrel of the goals. They've not conceded yet this season as well. So I'm sure for Fran and for the players this weekend, they'll be hoping for another sort of significant victory. It's probably a good game on the back of of the break to come back to, you know, as players start to reassemble from their international setups, and it's a good game because you're going into it as strong favourites as you, you know, they'll not take anything for granted, but, you know, Glasgow women, you know, it's their first season in the top flight and they have struggled in, in terms of their, their games. So you would hope that, that Celtic will have too much for them. Um, obviously, you've got, at the moment, you've got Kelly Clark away with the, the Scotland squad who are playing the island at Hamden on Tuesday night with a chance to, to qualify for the World Cup. And I know before the, the last game when they played Austria, the you know, Celtic women's Twitter feed did a really nice video of like various players of from all different stages of the, the girls' academy, right to, up to the first team and wishing Kelly and the team uh, every success and they, and they ended up uh, scoring an extra time goal. Uh, Abby Harrison, who is a big Celtic fan, uh, so that that was yeah, that was good. Before, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, and we spoke to her when we were down in Wales last year. Uh, she's at Bristol City, but uh, she she still still loves the Celtic. So, uh, so hopefully, you know, Kelly's coming back in the back of helping Scotland get to the World Cup. Yeah, one player who will be hoping to play against Glasgow women this weekend and hoping to get in the score sheet is Amy Gallagher, and she was the latest guest on our. My Game, My Words mini-series, where each week a member of the women's team tells us their journey in life and football. So I started playing football when I was about four. My mum took me along to a thing called Mini Kickers and I played with boys there. And I played with boys most of my, my early years. 
I was always kicking a ball and it wasn't until about nine I joined my first girls team which was Dundee United and I played there from under 11s to about under 17s so from when I was young um, I was just always kicking a ball I think playing with boys that early helped me um, become as good as I am today joining girls teams it was good we won a lot of trophies when I was younger um, and when I got to Forfar I played for the under 17s there and then I made my senior debut when I was 14 so I think playing that much football um, allowed me and helped me to make my debut that young. Once I finished school um, I was still at Forfar and then I signed for Hibs like the year I started university so I had to kind of balance travelling through to Edinburgh and balance uni but I think I did okay and I managed to get my degree um, but ever since then I've had little part-time jobs but I've just always wanted to play football so coming here and playing and getting paid for it full-time is amazing. It was quite difficult to balance um, the travel and obviously you need deadlines and exams and stuff but I think I've done quite well, I'm quite an organised person so I managed to get through. Most important people and probably my biggest influences were my mum and dad. Um, they were the ones that were driving me to training when I was younger, paying for my petrol, getting to Edinburgh. So yeah, I think they were my biggest influences and I think I'm, I always want to make them proud and I, I like playing for them when I'm on the pitch. I'm a Dundee United fan so me and my dad, we always, we always go to football together. Um, we got a Dundee United game on a Saturday and then he would come to my games on a Sunday. I think ever since I was younger we would always be in the back garden and blasting the ball at each other, playing one touch, two touch. So I think yeah, he's helped me a lot and yeah, my mum and dad have been very supportive. Yeah, a lot of my family obviously played football but I never actually got to see any of them play and they never got to see me play. So um, I think yeah, having that connection just makes it playing here a bit more special. But yeah, when I was growing up, I suppose you could say it was in the genes. Um, but I did, I did win a few trophies and I managed to get through the Scotland groups to uh, the Scotland age groups up to under 19. So I think that really helped me improve me as a player too. Yeah, when I was at school, I just loved playing football. I loved playing with the boys, like the group of boys I was friends with. I played football with. So I think um, having friends like that supported me. I think some people don't really have that growing up, that maybe some people make comments and stuff, but I was lucky enough to have a good friendship group. I enjoyed my teenage years and it's just led me to where I am today. Yeah. I didn't dream of it ever happening in Scotland. Playing full-time football here is just amazing. Even when I was back at Hibs and back at Forfar, I didn't think I would ever be paid to play football, so it's just amazing. Having my family support is the biggest thing. My granddad as well, He's my granny died a couple of years ago now and he's always messaging me. Um, saying like score a goal for your granny and stuff so yeah just I like going on the pitch and making my family proud that's the biggest thing for me. Been in Scottish Cups, League Cups are obviously good but I think playing in the Champions League was a big thing for me and I managed to get a goal against Slavia Pag for Hibs so that was a big moment um, but coming in signing here I think I'm hoping I can play Champions League football here and maybe have a night at Celtic Park would be amazing. I signed for Hibs in 2016, just before I turned 18. I think it was five seasons I had there. I think Celtic were interested in me for a couple of years and once I found out of the interest, I only wanted to come here really. Um, just the size of the club, the quality of coaching, winning trophies again, winning leagues. So I think that's something I really want to do here. The standout so far is probably the game against Hibs. You know, playing against your old club is obviously good, but I managed to get two goals and it was a good victory and a great start to the season. Well, this season I think we're wanting the treble. I mean, if not, girls didn't win the league so far. I'm hoping to win the league this year, um, retain the cups, and hopefully progress in Champions League football.
When I was about 13, 14, under 17s girls teams folded and there wasn't any girls teams to go to, there wasn't a women team to move, to move up to, so I had to move to Forfar and it was quite a bit of travelling that my mum and dad had to do, taking me to training and stuff, so I've got them to thank. Looking back now, it's how far women's football came is amazing um, and I never thought that I'd be here today, so I think, yeah, I've just really enjoyed what I've done so far and then hopefully I can be more successful in the future. Paul, we end the podcast every week now on a, <clears throat> a predictions game. I'm slightly so dreading this bit because I can't quite remember what I predicted last well, week. Well, I've got it. I've got it here. I've got the, the, the league table here and, and all the My results. My guess is it, it wasn't that great. Well, so what we do is it's a point for if you get the um, the result correct and if you get the scoreline correct. As long as I beat you, I'm point. happy. <laughs> so each week we, we want you to get involved. And we asked uh, a supporter to come on and, and represent the fans. So I've got up against you and we've got up against the supporters as well. So last week we had seven games. Neither of us got a correct score. Um, you got five results right. I got four results right. So you're one point ahead. Right, I'm happy with that. However, Charles, who was on representing the fans, he got the Arsenal-Liverpool score correct. It's 3-2. Wow. That's impressive. So at the moment, I'm sitting at four. You're sitting at five. And you, the fans, are sitting at seven. So he got um, yeah, five results correct and that right scoreline. So this week we've got Chantel O'Neill on from Stevenson to represent the fans. Are you ready to go through the matches? As ready as I'll ever be. <laughs> okay, so first up, let's kick off with the big game Tuesday night, Celtic against Leipzig. I'm going to go for the repli replica of the last time we played them. I think we're going to win 2-1. 2-1, okay. Yep, Chantel as well. She went for 2-1. I went for 3-3. Two, I think <laughs> just the game in Germany you, you saw two teams absolutely going for it um, so as you said earlier I definitely don't think it'll be a 0-0 if it is a 0-0 I'll, I'll happily take minus five points mm -hmm. next week I just can't see that happening um, so yeah I'm going for a high scoring one um, so an entertaining night at Celtic Park um, the the young Celts up against Leipzig on Tuesday as well what are you going for in that? Well, I'm going to take your score line from the, the big game <laughs> and I'm, I'm going to go 3-2 Celtic. Again, I think from that game last week, you could see both sides, you know, certainly plenty of creative creative options. So I think we're going to come out 3-2 winners. Okay, Chantel has went for 3-1 to Celtic and I'm going to go for 2-0 to Celtic as well. I think they're going to get a, get a clean sheet in that one. Nearly got a clean sheet last week, so... I think they'll get one this time. Um, another big game on Tuesday, as we mentioned, was the Scotland women against the Ireland women, the, the World Cup playoff. Everyone's that ends up at the, the finals in Australia and New Zealand next year. Do you know, that's a really difficult one, and I'm not sure whether the fact that Scotland had that extra time game against Austria will either work for them or against them. Ireland have had a bit of time to prepare. I have, a, I have actually a gut feeling that Ireland are going to win 1 0 after the extra time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay. I mean, it's a win-win for you. You've got your Irish passport, so either way, you're you're fine. Um, Chantel's went for two 0 and I went one 0 to Scotland. So I was think I was going along the same thinking as you. Maybe an extra time, Scotland just edge it. But um, but yeah, I think it'll be quite a tight game. So much in the line. Um, looking ahead then to the weekend, uh, Celtic at home to Hibs. I'm going to go for four one. Four one. Nice. Uh, Chantel's went for three 0 and I have went for 2-0. I think Hibs have been 
performing better of late. They've not been conceding too many goals. I think they may make it a little bit difficult for us, but we'll have too much possession, create too many chances and yeah. get the win. Um, then for the, the women's team up against Glasgow women. I mean, there's, there's a temptation. I suppose you, you don't want to... I mean, I think it's going to be... I'll go for 7-0. Oh, that's yeah. what I've went for. <laughs> genuinely, I've got that there. I think... I think as I say, they're not, they're not playing the best team, but they're obviously playing the team that's bottom of the table, just now they've conceded a lot of goals. There's so many goal-scoring options in that, mm-hmm. in, in that Celtic team. I mean, it could be more, to be fair, because I think they just, you know, they're, they're really, once they get a bit between their teeth, they really keep going, but seven for me. Yeah, that's, I've went for seven as well. Chantel's went for four. Um, I think, though, as you mentioned, Glasgow women haven't had a great season so far. They've been conceding a lot of goals, sitting bottom of the table, so... I don't think it's unfair to then, you know, have a have a prediction at seven 0 considering the fact we've had a nine nil and an eight nil so far this season as well. So we're scoring plenty of goals. So yeah. um, I don't think it is unfair. Um, two more games. Uh, one game from our Premiership up here. One game from the Premiership down south. Aberdeen against Hearts. That's a tasty one. That is. That is a. I mean, Aberdeen get an absolute mm. doing at the weekend against the United Hearts. Managed to get to get back, um, scored a last a wonderful last minute equaliser, um, which kind of slightly saved Craig Gordon's blushes because he'd kind of stumbled and, and was the cause of um, them conceding a goal. I'm going to go for two each, partly because because <laughs> uh, Hearts have got the game on Thursday night, yeah. and I think that's they're taking a wee bit of time to adjust to that. They're, they're playing the you know the Europa Conference and then playing. At the weekend, so uh, two each. Right, Chantel's went for two one. I have always went who? for two each. Two uh, each, two one for, for Aberdeen. For Aberdeen, yeah. Okay. But I'll go for something different, just so we can, just so we're not having the same results. So I'll go for, uh, I'll go for, I'll go for two one Hearts. Go two one Hearts. Uh, be interesting to see psychologically from an Aberdeen point of view because. The game against Dundee United on Saturday was a really, really poor showing from them. So how did it recover from that? Hearts have been interesting this year. They've not really been at their best. I don't know if the Thursday nights have been affecting them as well. Um, they've got a big one against Fiorentina away, as you mentioned, next Thursday. But uh, I'll go 2-1 Hearts just to be a little bit different. Okay. Uh, and then finally, Liverpool against Man City on Sunday evening. Oh, I mean... Liverpool, I watched their game against Arsenal at the weekend and uh, I mean they, they played well but Arsenal in the end thoroughly deserved to win and they are going to be the, the nearest rivals to Man City although I think ultimately Man City are going to run away with it. Mm-hmm. They're, they're just phenomenal at the moment. I think it will be 3-1 to Manchester City. Right, well, are I'll you change. ready? No. Well, you know what they say, great minds think alike. <laughs> um, I'll go for... 2-0 then. 2-0, okay. To Manchester City. <laughs> yeah. uh, I've gone for 3-1 City. Um, Chantel's been for 4-2 for City as well. But the main thing, as you said last week, Paul, as long as Liverpool win midweek, then exactly. we're all happy. <laughs> I'm, I'm, but we're all happy. So. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, we'll see how we get on We'll see how we get on with those predictions next week. Um, thanks again for, for joining us and, and tuning into this week's episode. And do join us again next week, where again, hopefully, we've got a lot of positive Celtic news to bring you. We'll